welcome to the Guidance with Grace podcast. My name is Grace, a personal trainer and nutrition coach in student well-being here at Columbus State Community College. I'm here to bring you the facts about current health and wellness trends and clear up any and all misunderstandings about various health and wellness topics. Along with expert guests, my goal is to help you discover what wellness means to you and help you make informed decisions during your health and wellness journey. Let's get started. Hello, hello, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Guidance with Grace. My name is Grace, and today I have Don Lobenthal. He's a professor in sport and exercise studies. You are very well versed in this topic and many other topics, so welcome back. Thank you. Thank you for having me. (laughs) Um, So today's topic is all about making gains, and this is right along with... uh, years ago, we kind of put out a workout program all about strength gains toward the beginning of the year. Um, It was kind of in the beginning of COVID as well. And we're revisiting that. We're putting some workout videos on social media to kind of align with that and um, kind of just dive deeper into a strength workout program. And we're going to hit on kind of that intermediate and advanced levels of strength, but also the beginner. I think there's often a lot of people who are at that beginner level in the beginning of a year who are trying something new. Even if you've worked out before, you might technically be a beginner if you've never done a strength workout, if you're always just cardio. So we've got some recommendations on how to make sure that you're making gains and some things to consider before you even start working out. So let's jump right in. So the first one is setting goals. And I think... There's easily 10 to 20 episodes of this podcast all talking and, you know, including the goal setting and preparing for change. Um, it's a really important piece. And yeah. the they have this acronym SMART goals. Mm-hmm. So what, what are SMART goals? So uh, the way I've always looked at it is you have to look at your stage of training. So if you're a beginner... Your initial SMART goals are, I want to be consistently physically active each week. Um, don't worry about what's happening in the gym in ter- or wherever you're working out. Don't worry about the gains right away. They're going to come. Consistency is the name of the game. Until you establish that, you can't make gains. So that's your number one goal for the beginner, for the intermediate and the advanced. Now you can start pinpointing goals like you want to lose X amount of body fat, gain a certain amount of strength. Um, you might have specific areas that you want to you know, quote unquote tone up, that type of thing. So now you can set more specific goals. And some of you might be performance minded too, where you definitely have certain weight totals you want to hit mm-hmm. or certain physique you want to achieve. And so now your goals become a little bit more complex, a little bit more specific. Mm-hmm. And so people who don't know what the SMART acronym stands for specific, measurable, achievable, realistic, and timely. And you said specific multiple times. So specificity is really important when you are working out. But sometimes, like you said, for the beginner, kind of just like establishing a routine of just being active and being in the gym is actually really important. Yes. Um, And so I, I usually recommend this type of approach. I don't usually like 
say that, you know, like that whole acronym, but that's definitely my approach um, because you want to also there's and there's nothing wrong with like training for a physique competition or anything like that um and that there's definitely a lot of people who do that but for the average person who kind of just wants to quote unquote get fit or somebody who wants to like get stronger or lose weight making sure that you also establish a balance with that ultimate end goal of like you know there's some good health perks to also exercising too and you know there's a big spotlight on mental health and that can definitely be another thing too so sometimes adding in those other components of exercise like other benefits other than just like I'm gonna look good at the end of this in in thinking about like you know maybe your doctor for years has told you like you need to probably work out and clean up your diet and so um all that to say, making sure that you kind of recognize the other benefits too can also help people in, you know, kind of preparing for that change. And uh, just real quickly, I did want to kind of go through the stages of change. Um, so these are kind of, and in, in the fitness world, we understand that there's this process of change, especially as a professional and like we're, we're training and you're on the teaching side of things. Like, I think understanding that you're going to have this you know, we've got labels of pre-contemplation, contemplation, preparation, action, and maintenance. And I think we all just organically experience these phases and don't always necessarily think about like labeling them. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of people who for even years at a time are like, I really need to work out. Yeah. And then just one day they, you know, shift from pre-contemplation and contemplation to preparation. They're like, okay, I'm going to get this mm-hmm. membership. I'm going to kind of, I'm just going to try to shoot for like a couple of days a week. Um, and so acknowledging where you're at in that process, if you're still kind of at that preparation point at the beginning of the year and you're like, okay, I'm going to get this gym membership. Um, and you haven't really figured out how you're going to facilitate it. It's okay. And yeah. that's definitely a part of being able to even get to that point of making gains. Um, and so another part of preparation is once you're at that action phase, Don, mm-hmm. what do you suggest for somebody for fueling and preparing for a workout? Like there's there's food and hydration, and those could be key factors in your performance and your abilities during a workout or just kind of how you start kind of, I guess, energizing yourself even before a workout? Absolutely. You have to have fuel and you have to have hydration. You think about your car, you can't drive your car without gas. And if it doesn't have coolant, water or antifreeze, it's Mm -hmm. not going to go anywhere either. Your body's much the same way. And a lot of it depends on when you work out. So if you work out at the end of the day after work, let's say five, six o'clock, we follow what's called a two thirds by two thirds rule. Mm -hmm. So that means at five or six o'clock, That's two-thirds of the way through your day. You should have consumed two-thirds of your total daily caloric intake by that time. If you haven't, it's going to be a hard workout because you're running low on fuel, in particular glucose, glycogen. Uh, And by the way, glycogen is just a storage form of glucose. Glucose is what all carbohydrates break down down to. Um, And that's your immediate energy source. Uh, If you run low on those, you don't feel well. You get lightheaded, nauseous so forth. If you're a morning exerciser, some people can fast through exercise and that's fine, but you might need 
uh, a quick breakfast, something that is easy on the stomach, digests quickly, but gives you long energy boost. And some people do benefit from a little bit of caffeine before a workout. And you have to be very careful with that because there's some caffeine supplements out there that are extremely high in caffeine they won't hurt you unless you're caffeine sensitive but if you take them in the evening you're not sleeping that night Mm -hmm. so you have to be very careful with with that Um, and hydration is critical so especially this time of the year it's cold we don't think about drinking a lot of fluids but because the air is so dry your body is dehydrating at a probably higher rate than it does in the summertime Mm -hmm. and so um, without water um, the body doesn't want to function you lose a lot of energy and, and so you have to kind of play around with what is going to work for you, what sits on your stomach best, um, what time of the day are you working out, mm-hmm. that type of thing. Do you have any suggestions? Because I, I know a lot of people are kind of like morning workout people, like that's just when they want to work out, whether or not they're beginner, whatever level. Do you have any suggestions on things that you've heard that work best for people or something that you prefer? I know it's definitely, I can't stress, it's very different for each person, mm-hmm. um, but any ideas on how to had like foods to eat so um i played around a lot with this and i've also played around a lot with what time of the morning so i'm a very early morning person um i'm not a very good night person but i'm a very early morning person so i fast through a workout and i eat afterwards mm-hmm. um when I was working out a little bit later in the morning, I would have oats and maybe a protein powder, and, and that might just be it, mm-hmm. uh, with some form of milk, whether it's almond milk or, or whatever. That worked for me. Some people would need something like a banana and peanut butter, so you get your carbohydrate and you get fat, two energy sources. Um, some people might just need an apple. Um, mm-hmm. And I've worked out with people. I knew a, a young lady that ran cross-country for the University of Michigan. She could eat a full... Bob Evans breakfast <laughs> two seconds before she ran and it worked out fine for her. most of us couldn't do that but, yeah um, so you really again it's one of those things you experiment a little bit you find out what works you don't get discouraged you just keep working to see what what's going to work for you mm-hmm. um, and usually at just a small two to three hundred calorie snack if you would prior to a workout will get you through mm-hmm. yeah and I'm definitely somebody who like I, it's kind of just like you said it depends on the time of day if it's in the morning I generally will fast through a workout because I can tolerate it I don't think that maybe six or seven years ago I might have been able to do that but I've evolved and not that that's by any means a goal that somebody should set uh, but that's just something that you know my body has also changed as well I've also had a kid you know <laughs> there's major things that can happen and change and just with age um, so yeah so thanks for that um So as far as the strength and muscle gains, um, at least with this workout program uh, that I actually was the person who put together. um, And so I want to stress that, like, everybody builds muscle in a a different time frame. Mm -hmm. People look different when they build muscle and different exercises and approach on how you put together a workout will also affect people differently. So with that preface, (laughs) what are your recommendations for a beginner person, somebody who has either never exercised or it's been years since like, you know, somebody who's in their thirties and they haven't exercised since high school type of thing. Um, What are some recommendations you have for somebody who's kind of just starting out with a strength program, like making gains? So one of the things to remember about just starting out is be patient. 
you're going to have initial strength gains, especially when you start. And if you're consistent for the first six to eight weeks, strength gains are nearly all neuromuscular. So essentially the muscles learn how to activate more of their fibers to generate more force. After that, you start to get more of the protein synthesis or what we call muscle hypertrophy. The muscle gets a little bigger. um, And it really depends on who you are, your genetics, your age, gender, and that type of thing that determines Mm -hmm. how fast the muscle grows and so forth. But the key is patience with it. It takes time. And you have to generate um, enough of an overload on the body during the workouts to make the muscle change. Muscles on their own don't want to change. They want to stay the way they are. Um, And we all know that to make progress in life, you got to change. So that's what a muscle needs. Mm. Um, But, you know, notice things. You can take measurements if you want to do circumference measurements. You can, I'm never for watching the scale, so I'm not going to say that. But you Mm. can do body composition measures, body Mm. fat through um, experts like Grace who can measure that. (laughs) I was going to say, we definitely offer fitness assessments here. (laughs) Yeah. Notice how your clothes fit. Notice what your friends say, because people will notice. And, Mm. um but it is, it's something that requires a lot of patience. Mm-hmm. So like recommendations on frequency or duration of a workout, like how many times a week or how long should they try to kind of work out for again, varying things. And especially like if, if you're not properly, properly hydrated or fueled for a workout that can certainly change how long you work out for. But do you have general recommendations for that as well? So it, we have to make a distinction on as to whether or not the person is performance-based or uh, recreation. So recreation, you just want to change your physique a little bit and get stronger and you enjoy going to the gym and that's fantastic. Four days a week, uh, what we call a four-day split, um, an hour each time is mm-hmm. sufficient. You're going to make progress. The body's going to enjoy it. Um, you're going to be happy with it. When you start bumping up to hour and a half, two hours, if you're not performance-based, you're running a risk of losing motivation and training so much that your body can't recover mm-hmm. between sessions. Yeah. Now, performance-based, uh, you can train... Uh, the guys I train with will go five to seven days a week, but the training is structured in such a way that it doesn't cause overtraining and a loss of progress. And so one of the things I always suggest to people, if you're really serious about strength training, meet with an expert, a per, a, a credentialed personal trainer that's got a degree and a certification Mm -hmm. and someone who understands strength training and they can help you tremendously with programming if that's Mm -hmm. your goal yeah programming is a huge part of it and I think that's what I on top of people being uncertain about whether or not their form is proper I think the programming and the approach can vary so much it's not just all about like getting a big list of different kinds of exercises and variations of each exercise it's also just about you know numbers of of reps and rest in between and how many sets are you going for the whole time under tension factor how long are you pushing yourself there's a lot of pieces to putting that together and I, I like that you hit on the actual degree part of it there's for those of you who aren't familiar with what it takes to be a personal trainer you can be certified through a great entity like you know ace nasm um oh gosh acsm you know those big recognized organizations but somebody like you don't need to go to school for it so if somebody doesn't go through a program like ours or actually get a degree in exercise science of some sort they may not have the extensive application required to work with a person and or just that 
applicative knowledge. Like you can learn all the formulas and the approach, uh, but being able to apply it in that school setting is really important. So absolutely. So those are really great things to consider. Um, again, giving yourself some time to adjust to the change as well. Even if you're not a beginner, if you're changing something in general, giving yourself a little bit of time. Um, and then I thought it would be appropriate because gains aren't always strength gains. Mm -mm. Sometimes people are gaining health and sometimes it's weight loss and, you know, their doctor have, has recommended that they lose weight for years. And like I was saying, you know, maybe they've just all of a sudden are like, I'm ready to do this. And my doctor said I need to lose 20 pounds. I'm going to do it or whatever the number is. If you are looking for gains in the weight loss world um, for beginners, intermediate, advanced, what are your recommendations, of course, for duration um, and just in general, you know, kind of thinking about what the approach might look like for a weight loss type of workout? Yeah. So um, fortunately, in the last five to seven years, probably the weight loss industry has figured out, hey, we have to stop preaching only cardio. And by the way, there's nothing wrong with cardio. So don't don't Mm -hmm. feel like I'm knocking it. But if you're only doing cardiovascular exercise for weight loss, what's going to happen is your body's going to get smaller as a result of burning those calories and you're starting to lose pounds. And the smaller the body gets, the fewer calories it burns. So you have to stimulate the muscle mass to burn the calories even when you're not exercising. Mm -hmm. So that is why weight training is critical for weight loss, especially for women. And when I was a personal trainer, all of my clients would say, I don't want to lift weights because I don't want to bulk up and gain weight. There's a huge difference between adding a little bit of muscle, which can create about 10 to 12 pounds of calorie burning additional um, weight loss throughout the year. Mm -hmm. And simply just shedding weight. If you just shed weight, you're going to keep the same shape at a smaller frame. But if you add weight training, you're going to have a new physique with less body fat. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that's going to be something that, that is so important. So in terms of duration, you know, you're looking at probably, um, I, I'm not a huge fan of spending forever in the gym unless, unless that's your thing, but an hour a day, but just add more frequency. So the days you're not in the gym, go for walks or bike rides or something like that. People don't understand. They've forgotten over the years how, how healthy walking is mm. and it's cardio. Yeah. You know? Yeah, our other one of the other trainers who uh, has been on the podcast, Jason Apt, um, he's kind of been preaching the walking thing Mm -hmm. too recently. And I know that he practices that uh, uh, habit, I guess you could say, regularly, Um, especially as you kind of get older and you've kind of done everything in Mm -hmm. in the fitness world. If you're somebody who's just avidly worked out for years, that could be kind of a game changer, just walking. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, And I I like to kind of going back and we, what you touched on is uh, earlier was resting metabolism, you know, like just burning more at rest. Um, I think my, my fitness watcher somewhere in the app talks about what my resting metabolism is. And if you've ever seen that in anything that you have smartwatch wise or whatever, that's what that is. So the more muscle mass you actually have, because I'm not sure really how accurate that would be. Um, and they're probably basing it off of like heart rate. Um, cause that's really yeah. what my watch monitors, but <clears throat> muscle mass is really kind of the bulk of that. Right. You know, yeah. like I, my example that I give people is, So you've got like a teenager, uh, 
usually boys are known for eating more (laughs) when they're teenagers, but not to say that that's limited to uh, males, but uh, nonetheless, you're growing and you're always eating. And that's what a muscle is. If your muscles are growing and you're, you're, you're working them and taxing them in strength focused workouts in addition to your cardio, they're going to need more just to kind of like thrive and survive as a bigger muscle. Um, so that's definitely, I, I'm a big like picture person. So I, I like to kind of picture my muscles as teenagers. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I, I wish. You're right. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah. So, and then time frame for weight loss, it's really varying. Uh, it's all yes. over the place depending on where you started. Also your frequency. Uh, so do you have any insights on that? That is a, that's uh, the million dollar question right there. Yeah. How long does it take? Uh, it takes longer than the ads on the TV yeah. tell you that it does, but it really depends on how long have you had the body fat on your age, your gender, um, and, and the type of programming you're doing. So if you're a beginner, just starting out, be patient. Your body's trying to get into the condition to burn a lot of calories. It will get there, and then you're going to see this snowball effect happen all of a sudden. But for, you know, when I was a trainer, I my, my clients always wanted to weigh themselves every day. Don't do that. Mm-hmm. What All you see on the scale is water weight adjustment. Mm-hmm. Your water weight can adjust, depending on your size, 5 to 10 pounds every 24 hours. Mm-hmm. Um probably more like five pounds for most people. But the other thing to remember is um, I would do body composition tests on clients every two to three months um, just to see if they had made progress. Mm -hmm. And by the way, sometimes staying at the same body composition for two months is progress, Mm -hmm. especially when you think about this time of the year where the average Ohio one will gain 10 pounds Mm -hmm. during the holidays. Um, So, (laughs) you know, you, you sometimes... Steady is okay, and um, the key is is just your consistency. Then that includes your your eating. So if mm-hmm. if you're training like crazy in the gym, but going home and thinking to yourself, I can reward myself because mm-hmm. I just worked out hard. If you're trying to lose weight, the reward doesn't cut it. And, and, and I've always said you can't out train your fork. You know, you, yeah. you've got to you've got to change the diet and the activity level. Yeah, definitely. And like as much as there's nothing wrong with like a treat meal every now and then, yes. it shouldn't happen because you worked out that day. Right. Uh, definitely not uh, something that I would recommend on a daily basis of like, oh, I got, I worked out today. I'm going to have a, you know, those like fancy gourmet cookies are like right. in these days. And it's just like a thousand calories a cookie yeah. or more. Yeah. And while I definitely indulge in that, it's not something that I would eat even during the week, Mm -mm. maybe on the weekend, and it's not every weekend. So, you know, finding a balance is, you know, and enjoying food is definitely important. Um, And specifically, protein intake is always talked about when you're you're trying to do any type of workout regimen. Everybody's like, oh, I need a protein shake after a workout, or, you know, I'm trying to be healthy. I'm eating more protein in general. And while we have an episode coming up for you guys all about protein, just touching on the protein piece of it, do you recommend a protein shake after a workout? Are you more of a whole foods kind of guy? Do you like both? What are your thoughts on the protein? So again, it it depends on your goals and the extent of your training and whether or not your weight loss uh, or not. Um, But I I recommend a, a protein meal. So in other words, 
uh, for the longest time we were told your diet should be 60 to 70 percent carbohydrate i think i think not is all i'll say about that i think that you should have a little higher protein back down on the carbs a little bit make sure the carbs are complex and made right. of fruits and vegetables and that type of thing um, and don't be afraid of the healthy fats fats you find in salmon avocado nuts that type of thing um, but the protein increase has more of a thermogenic effect in uh, digestion. So it takes more energy to digest the food, which means uh, it slows the release of the blood sugars into your bloodstream. Um, You don't have that big insulin spike, which makes you real tired and lazy. You feel like you have more energy throughout the day. Mm -hmm. And uh, the the slightly higher protein diets have been proven to be great for weight loss. Mm -hmm. Yes, definitely. And, you know, kind of like you said, the healthy fats people, you know, there's all these kinds of like diet trends. And I feel like years ago, it was kind of getting popular with like the whole Mediterranean diet. Mm-hmm. They have a lot of good healthy fats in their diet, yeah. but they also have carbohydrates. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, it's more fat um, focused, I guess you could say with like the olive oil and, um, some of the things that they have naturally in that, in that area climate wise. But, you know, I think it's, it's important to establish a balance. Like you said, yes, protein is really important, but you, you know, you also talk about, you know, the fruits and, you know, carbohydrates and sugar that kind of just naturally occurs in fruits Mm -hmm. and complex carbohydrates like, you know, sweet potatoes and quinoa and those things, um, are definitely really great options for creating a well-balanced diet. And then, yeah, maybe Mm -hmm. throw a protein shake in there. So, um, yeah. And that's a whole other episode, which is why that will be, uh, the next episode for you guys, all about protein intake, um, and making sure that you're developing a good approach to your nutritional side of trying to make some gains. Mm -hmm. So that's all for today. Um, I feel like we covered a lot. I feel like I can go home. <laughs> no more work for me today. That's right. We're done. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thanks so much for coming, Don. I really appreciate your time. No problem. I enjoy it. <laughs>